Today is May 19th, 2021, and our first story. In Philadelphia, the progressive district attorney candidate has won by over 30 points amid a massive surge in violent crime and shootings, showing that even though the crime is skyrocketing, the policies don't work. Democrats still want to go far left. In our next story, Bitcoin has crashed, but don't fall for the tricks. The rebound has already occurred as of the recording of this opening segment, and people have already made back a lot of their money. But Bitcoin is here to stay. In our last story, viral video shows pro-Palestinian groups hunting down Jewish men and beating them in the street. Before we get started, leave us a good review. If you like the show, give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. The past year has been particularly brutal in terms of escalating crime, violence, thefts, robberies, murders, shootings. It's been getting really, really bad in most major cities. You'd think because of this, people would start to vote for more moderate candidates, maybe not outright Republicans, but at least moderates, district attorneys who will actually prosecute the rioters and the criminals. I bring you now to Philadelphia, where the other day we learned that's not true. The people like the high crime and they like the failed policies that lead to high crime, and it will likely only get worse because of it. A progressive was running against a moderate in a Democratic primary. Many thought it was going to be a close race. The moderate wanted to be tough on crime. The moderate lost by 30 points. Amazing. The people of Philadelphia witnessing a surge in violent crime said to themselves, we need more of this because the progressive DA who came, who's, who's a defender of Black Lives Matter and Occupy Wall Street, a staunch leftist, had been elected in 2017. You'd think the people would say, enough. Well, maybe the problem is people like me. You see, I don't live in, I, I didn't live in Philadelphia, but people like me because I lived in the suburbs of Philadelphia up until a few months ago. We were just across the river on the New Jersey side, so I wouldn't be voting in a Philadelphia race anyway. Well, I left. And I left because, partly, the surging crime, the riots, it was out of control. I remember witnessing the riots, thinking they would never cross the bridge. And you may have heard me tell the story. They did. I heard the helicopters and the sirens near my home in the suburbs. And the media kept saying, the rioters won't come to your house. They won't come to the suburbs. They did. People were kind of freaked out by it. And I realized the people were voting in more of this after witnessing everything that happened. They decided they want to live this way. And I said, okay. Well, I don't. And if this is what this community wants, far be it from me to tell them how to live. And so I left. I'm sure there are many other people who lived in Philadelphia who felt the same way and said, I'm going to get out of the city because it's really bad. And thus, there's no one to vote in the moderates to fix the city. It seems like a cascade effect. Across the country, these cities are going to continually get worse because what happens is you get surging crime because of the failed far left policies and progressive policies. And then that causes moderates to leave, which then gives progressives a stranglehold over these elections. You also have to contend with the fact that they are very powerful leftist interests dumping tons of money into these races. And that's why I've always been a staunch advocate for somehow figuring out a way to get money out of politics. I don't know if it's possible, but I've long said I don't like the fact that millionaires and billionaires are flooding our local elections, trying to take away our rights, making everything worse. And that's what's happening in many of these cities. 
It's a shame, unfortunately, because now what you're left with is a police department that will claim to neutrally enforce the law. But the district attorney is a far leftist. So, you know, that means when the sorting algorithm occurs, the neutral officer saying, I'm going to arrest you for committing a crime. Standing before the DA will be two individuals, a conservative and a far leftist. The far leftist burned a building down through a brick through a window. The conservative wore, uh, refused to wear a mask or some other ridiculous policy, even though I know the mask thing's basically coming to an end. And the DA is going to say, well, it was a peaceful protest and, you know, we get it. So you're free to go, leftist and conservative. How dare you defy our edict to jail with ye? That's what's been happening. Stories out of Minnesota of a woman opening her cafe, getting arrested. They, they go down to Iowa. They arrest her and say, it shouldn't have gone this far. You're under arrest, ma'am, for how, how dare you serve coffee? Then you get Brooklyn Center, which is basically part of Minneapolis. And they're like, you win Black Lives Matter extremists who have terrorized the city for the past year. We're going to reform the police and create an unarmed civilian enforcement division. I can only tell you this. Argue what you want about the police. The people in these cities want the crime and violence. Now, I know you may be saying, Tim, they really don't. They say they don't. But my friends, actions speak louder than words. So if the people keep voting for this, they clearly want it. Let me show you what's going on. Surging violent crime, and they continually choose more of this. It's about time you woke up and to realize these cities want the violence. And I got other examples. Now, I'll briefly mention, because I got another story over in France, the police are protesting, demanding the government take action to deal with these social problems. Let's read this story. And before we do, head over to TimCast.com, click that big members only button and sign up to become a member. In the event that I get suspended, purge, strike, whatever, you can go to TimCast.com and find my content there. But becoming a member helps make sure that in the event any of that happens, I'll be able to continue doing my work. As you know, there are many people who have already been purged. Crowder, of course, he's gotten two strikes, so he's got he's, he's sitting on a suspension on YouTube. But when you become a member, you also get access to an exclusive members only area with tons of content. And we are in the process of greenlighting more shows, more programs and creating a network of a ton of awesome stuff. We got the vlog, of course. Now we've got a couple a couple new shows that have been pitched to us that we're planning on funding. It's going to be great. So please go to TimCast.com, become a member. But don't forget to like, like this video. Subscribe to this channel. And the best thing you can do, take that URL, share this video on your social media. It's the, it's the most powerful thing you can do. Let's read the story from the Daily Caller. They say, after a surge in violent crime, progressives win big in Pennsylvania's largest cities. I would have appreciated if they put an L-Y at the end of big so they can say win bigly in Pennsylvania's largest city. The Daily Caller reports, Progressive candidates were victorious in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh's Democratic primaries Tuesday night, winning races by wide margins after a year-long surge in violent crime. Let me just briefly mention, for those that may have missed it, what I'm saying is these are the soft-on-crime candidates. These are the candidates who say that we should have cashless bail, which I don't completely disagree with, but they're the candidates who say we're not going to prosecute these crimes. These are the candidates we see out of Chicago who let Jussie Smollett go. They say in Philadelphia— Progressive District Attorney Larry Krasner cruised to a second term, beating moderate police-backed primary challenger Carlos Vega by 30 points, even as multiple reports pointed to a potentially close race. In Pittsburgh, Progressive State Rep Red Ed Ganey ousted incumbent Mayor Bill Peduto by approximately seven points, making him poised to be the first black mayor in the city's history. 
Krasner, who was first elected in 2017 on a platform of criminal justice reform, told supporters Tuesday that he'd kept his promises to focus on crime within the city. This time they put us back in office for what we have done, he said, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. Not ideas, not promises, but realities. Realities of surging crime. Look at this. His reelection, however, was tested by Philadelphia's spike in shootings throughout 2020. The city suffered over 2,200 shootings last year, nearly 500 of which were fatal. The city also suffered a series of riots in late October after police fatally shot a black man yielding a knife, resulting in a deployment of the National Guard. So around then I realized the riots are only going to get worse. They can't deal with the crime, and it's probably better to get away from the big cities. So I did. But I want to point something out very, very important to you. Carlos Vega, who lost by 30 points, was backed by the police. I can respect the police for wanting a moderate, but that means these police officers are now going to be serving and servicing a district attorney who doesn't like them, but they're going to arrest you anyway. They're going to make you stand before a man who would see you rot in jail for some ridiculous nonsense crime. Oh, you did running his business, selling coffee. But the riots that have plagued the city, the violent crime, apparently that's not a big deal. We're going to have more reform. We're going to go soft on crime at a time when crime is skyrocketing. I don't like the idea of tough on crime or soft on crime. I think those are stupid. What we need is appropriate reforms. I can only tell you this. Clearly, the reforms they're doing are not working. These officers, these are the officers that would gleefully arrest you for nonsense. They would arrest you for expressing your Second Amendment right exercising your Second Amendment right. And they would also arrest a rioter. And then the DA is going to throw you in jail and let the rioter go. So you can't support these cops anymore. When the political institutions are fully progressive and they're going to target you as a moderate, as a disaffected liberal, as a conservative, you need to stop supporting the police. Now you'll say it's not the police's fault. The politicians are doing this, perhaps, but I'm not going to support the enforcers of the far left. You know, they don't really want to abolish the police. They want to seize them. And now they have the power. That's what's happening. They say in his victory speech, Krasner rejected the notion that his policies had led to the crime increases and instead called for additional funding for crime prevention measures. That mandate has rejected definitively a politics of fear that is built on falsehoods. We have to invest in crime prevention measures because we were robbed of them a long time ago. And what we are facing now is consequences. In Pittsburgh, Spaduto conceded to Ganey shortly before 10.30 p.m., wishing him well and thanking city residents for trusting him for the past eight years. Ganey centered his campaign around making Pittsburgh a better city for all its residents, especially residents of color. Tuesday's election was also the first since a report found that quality of life for black residents was worse in Pittsburgh than almost every other major American city. He also campaigned on demilitarizing the city's police force, banning no-knock warrants and redirecting funding towards community policing methods. One person can't change a city, Ganey said, according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. A city is changed with all of us. A city is changed when we all come together to improve the quality of life for everybody. That's why I ran for mayor, because I believe we can have a city for all. Like Philadelphia, Pittsburgh also saw homicides jump in 2020. The city suffered 51 killings last year, nearly a 40% increase from 2019, though the spike followed a nearly two-decade decline. So perhaps it isn't entirely the policies. If we're seeing other cities that didn't have the progressive, the press of just one, then maybe. But I can certainly say that it is Democrats who run these cities where we are seeing the major surge in crime. 
And when you look to many Republican areas, you don't see the same thing. I know the left doesn't want to admit it. I went through the data when we tracked the top cities for violent crime. And you can see San Diego, which was run by a Republican or had a Republican mayor, didn't see the same level of crime. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. It's about time you realize what's going to be happening with more far left politicians taking over. I think I've already made it clear the cops can be neutral, but the left is celebrating these political victories because it's giving them power over the police. Now, the police might say, I'm not going to follow you. I'm just going to follow the law as it's written. And then what do you get? The other day we heard the Supreme Court ruled unanimously. The police can't seize your guns without a warrant. That's right. Cops went into a guy's home under the guise of a wellness checkup without a warrant and seized his guns. Why would the police do this? But the the police certainly are defending the rights. You got to back the blue. Nah, not those criminals who broke into a guy's house without a warrant and stole his stuff. Here we go. Common Dreams loves it. This is a leftist activist website. They say landslide endorsement of criminal justice reform as Krasner blows out police backed primary challenger. I tell you this. Okay, maybe it's a bit hyperbolic when they say they want the surging crime. Perhaps it is. But maybe they just hate police so much they'd rather have the crime. Or maybe actions speak louder than words. You know, I, I give you the example of uh, pe- these people wanting the, the crime in these cities when you have this woman shoot another woman in the head and it doesn't become national news. It happened in New York only a few weeks ago. No Black Lives Matter protests, no Ben Crump, no mock up of here's how it happened, no demand for criminal for justice reform to make sure these crimes stop. They don't care when these stories erupt about violent crime. They do care when the cops do it. So what I am saying, maybe on the surface, you can say they just hate cops. But when you look at the specific examples of extremist crime and they don't protest it, they clearly don't care. They clearly want someone who's going to come in and point at the cops, not the crime. There you go. Let's go back in time to 2017. Meet the DA candidate who's defended Black Lives Matter and Occupy in court. Larry Krasner was a defense attorney for years. Now he wants to change the system from within. Oh, and he is. This is the problem with politics. You've got a city in chaos 
experts, pandemic continues to fuel surge in shootings and homicide in Philly from February. Oh, the pandemic, because you can prove that, right? I'm willing to to uh, concede that it plays a role. The pandemic absolutely played a role. I've talked about it quite a bit, but also that these lax policies from progressives has also played a very serious role. They'll disarm the law abiding citizen. The laws they often pass target those who abide by the law and not the criminals. And then there you go. Crime skyrockets. We have this story from Fox 29. This one from May 4th. Philadelphia police seeing disturbing increase in violent crime against women. Here's one. Philly's rise in homicide is bad, but in many other cities, it's even worse. I love that one. Philadelphia ranked 23rd out of 34 American cities in homicide rates increase from 2019 to 2020. According to the final report by the National Commission on COVID and criminal justice, Midwestern cities saw much of the greatest annual increase. And now we can see the ramifications. Take a look at this. The story out of North Carolina, Elizabeth City, is that these officers who shot and killed a man named Andrew Brown will not be charged. Andy No reports Black Lives Matter protesters show up to the home of the former deputy police chief in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, to oppose the DA's decision to not bring charges against deputies who were almost run over by a drug dealer. They call the people at the home racist. The home of the former deputy police chief, I'm assuming these are the actual people, but I think he's saying maybe the people who live there aren't the people in question. Do you want to see what these DAs are doing and what you can expect next? Maybe you want to come to me and they'll say, Tim's, Tim's not being forthcoming, forthright. This is crime. These DAs are going to prosecute crime. There are Antifa people who have been charged. That's right. When they burn, when they set fire to police stations or government buildings, they do get charged. Here's a story from a month ago. The Guardian. Most charges against George Floyd protesters dropped analysis shows. Some prosecutors and law enforcement observers say departments carried out mass arrests as crowd control tactic. Perhaps. But the charges are going to get dropped. The New York Times. Why charges against protesters are being dismissed by the thousands? Prosecutors declined to pursue many of these cases because they concluded the protesters were exercising their basic civil rights. Or is it that they agree with the protesters? Remember that story recently? We saw that a man admitted to assaulting an officer. His charges were dropped. Right around the time that Joe Biden got inaugurated, the federal attorneys in the Pacific Northwest started dropping charges against people who even admitted to committing the crimes they committed. Some of these people are on video committing these crimes and they were let go. So here's what freaks me out. If you read the news, they're lying to you. Seems like the system is being dismantled from within and there's not a whole lot we can do it because stupid people vote for other stupid people and the system just continues to decay. They defund the police. They take away the police ability to deal with crime. Crime skyrockets. They blame the police for the crime and then everything falls apart. And then the spineless jellyfish officers who stay on the force just enforce the illegal acts and unconstitutional orders and edict from these politicians. Prosecutors declined to pursue many of the cases because they concluded the protesters were exercising their basic civil rights to what? Punch a cop in the face and throw a firebomb at a building. We've got videos out of Portland of them throwing Molotov cocktails at cops. Is that the way you want to live? Not me. So I leave. But it's very simple, I think. Take a look at this story from Newsweek. This is from February 25th, 2021. Mark Ruffalo demands BLM protest charges be dropped. Prosecutors be fired. And that's the reality. They know that the right wing individuals are not going to go and punch him in the face and harass them. 
I mean, take a look at the story I covered earlier, which for those listening on the podcast, you'll hear in a bit. There were some Jewish men sitting at a table in Los Angeles preparing, planning for a wedding when a pro-Palestinian group yelled out and asked who, who, were, who was Jewish when they said they were. Men jumped out of their cars, according to several reports, started beating the men. It's on video. The police are investigating as a potential hate crime right now. Do you have the stories of uh, Jewish people in Los Angeles hunting down Palestinians? No. Now, you can talk about Israel where something like that did happen, but I'm talking about in the United States when it comes to the leftist uh, causes versus the right wing causes. Are there Trump supporters marching through major cities with, with assault rifles right now, locking down the streets and attacking people? No. Are there right wing groups marching through certain cities? Periodically. You know, Patriot, Prayer, and the Proud Boys. It happens. Do they have weapons? Sometimes. Do they get into fights with people? Yeah, but usually only the far left. Okay. Does the far left march around unprovoked with rifles? Yes, they're allowed to. But then do they block streets illegally and smash out car windows and attack people? Uh, yeah, they did that. That's right. Do they shut down highways? Yeah, they do that too. So they're committing crimes. Are they denying science? Yeah, they're doing that when it comes to biological sex. Are they denying the election results? Well, many of them said Russia. So yeah, that's what you get. People believe it because the media panders to them. The news organizations needed to choose a side because clearly there's a hard split and they want to figure out where they could make their bread and butter. Well, massive corporations are beholden to their shareholders and to their bottom line. Individuals are not not so much. So who do you trust? Major corporate news entities who are telling you what you want to hear to make money, causing you to vote for policies that destroy your communities or individuals who are telling you what they think and not beholden to any corporate share to shareholders or profits. It's amazing. It's amazing to me that many of these leftist activists say like, you know, Tim Pool's a grifter or Crowder's a grifter or Brett Weinstein's a grifter, you know, because they're just trying to make money. And I'm like, corporations, you trust them? You think they're the ones telling you the truth? Apparently they think, well, you know, CNN, they have to tell the truth. Why? No, they have to make money. So they give you reality TV garbage. You get these actors and these virtue signalers and they come out and they make demands. And these prosecutors and these people know that if they refuse, they'll be beaten. Then you get dumb people who don't pay attention, who vote for this stuff. Uh, you got to vote Democrat. You got to vote Democrat. I mean, you equally have people saying you got to vote Republican. They vote for people like Mitch McConnell, which is also bad. But this is what you can expect more of. Crime will likely keep going up. The reforms are not going to produce what they think they're going to produce. Take a look at Minneapolis. Have the reforms helped? No, you've got an autonomous zone where people are shooting each other like crazy. Crime is skyrocketing across the board. And it's likely only going to get worse. Now, what, 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 what's interesting about this is that the other day we were talking to Ryan Gerdusky of, uh, he's, he's a writer, we had him on the Tim Arrow podcast. And he mentioned that a lot of this funding is coming from the likes of billionaire George Soros. It's not a conspiracy theory. Don't take my word for it. I pulled up the LA Times. They, spe- they say, in this one race, they say, here are the mega donors and police unions pouring millions into the L.A. County District Attorney's race. Spending in the race intensified a few weeks before Election Day when New York billionaire George Soros and Bay Area philanthropist Patty Quillen combined to put millions of dollars behind Gascon. Quillen's husband, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings, has also helped Gascon maintain a commanding fundraiser lead over Lacey, who has support from law enforcement unions up and down the state. Well, there you go. Interestingly, the black woman, Jackie Lacey, who was supported by cops, was $7 million raised, whereas Gascon, $12.4 million. Take a look at this. Percentage of total donations. 
53% for Gascon was, went to, from, was from wealthy individuals. Granted, uh, Lacey's 72 per, uh, 72% was from law enforcement unions. Gascon mostly got his money from rich people. The Association for LA Deputy Sheriffs contributed $1.3 million, the top, in four, uh, the, the top donor. We go down to Gascon, Gascon George Soros, $2.2 million, and Pat, uh, Patty Quillen, $1.6 million. Then another wealthy individual, uh, Elizabeth D. Simmons, 785,000. Reed Hastings, 500,000. All of the ultra rich are funding these people. The ultra rich are watching the system get gutted. I wonder why. Do you guys see that big Bitcoin tank? Talked about it earlier this morning. For those listening on the podcast, you'll hear about it in a minute. Amazing. The rich people are scamming you to strip you of your wealth. They're the elites. It's elitism. That's what they do. They take from you and they trick you into doing things. And it's really funny. The left are saying, oh, Donald Trump has, has tricked these, these people into giving up their wealth. That's sad, really. He didn't. Donald Trump, for all of his problems and a lot that he should be criticized for, was trying to make the economy better. In 2019, we saw the best numbers of our lives. So say Jim Cramer, if you trust that guy. Now we're in inflation, a massive border crisis, escalating conflict in the Middle East. Prices are skyrocketing, shortages of food. People are starting to panic, buy everything. That's under Joe Biden. I understand under Donald Trump, COVID was bad, but I can't blame Trump for the pandemic. I can blame Joe Biden for his failed economic policies. But this is it. The rich people, the Democrats, the party of the wealthy convinced these people to vote against their own interests. And here we are. Here we are. It's going to get worse. And that's why I've been saying, you know, I would say mostly jokingly, but somewhat seriously, abolish the police. Screw it. Why? Why do I care? I, I have the right to keep and bear arms. If there's no cops, no one's going to stop me from defending myself. And I moved out to the middle of nowhere. Stop defending these big cities that are on fire because these people keep voting for these progressives. Stop defending these cities that are run by Democrats and burn to the ground. Figuratively, of course. The cops need to start standing up for themselves and saying no. And many have been quitting, but too many bad cops are joining the force. These rookies who are like, now's my chance to be a bad cop. These are the ultimate butt sniffing bootlickers. These cops who are like, I'm going to join when everything's worse. It's getting bad for everybody. I'd be willing to bet on many of them. Uh, many of these guys are woke and they're going to do everything in their power to defend Antifa. So stop defending them because they will eventually turn and come for you. Check out this story from France. Thousands of French police protest and call for more protection. We're not France. I get it. But people in France have been complaining about critical race theory. And, and, ta- and many uh, former uh, generals were saying they're very close to a civil war. The New York Times says the protesters declared that police work has become increasingly dangerous because of the government's failure to fix the country's social problems. Declaring that their work has become dangerous because of that, they many protested. Police union leaders demanded tougher laws for violence against officers and stiffer sentences against convicted criminals as thousands massed in the rain in front of the National Assembly, issuing warnings to political leaders who were present but were not invited to speak. Your presence is an important sign. Fabian Van Hemel- Hemelrick, the Secretary General of Alliance Police, a right-leaning union whose members appeared to dominate the protest, said from a stage next to a giant screen, it must not be a sign of future elections, but a wake-up call, a sense of responsibility, of change and a return to, to safety. Now, some people have said to me, Tim, in these cities like Minneapolis, the cops just aren't responding anymore. So 
they may as well have quit. No, 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 no. They're not responding to the Black Lives Matter calls. They're not responding to certain neighborhoods where they could get charged and convicted like Chauvin did, but they will respond in two seconds to your home if you try and defend yourself. So no, I will not support these police or back the blue right now. The political institutions have been taken over by woke extremists. The police have been arresting people simply defending themselves on too many occasions. And the police themselves who throw their hat in with the corrupt politicians get eaten alive by the woke left, like this Kim Potter woman in Minneapolis in Brooklyn Center. Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. She accidentally shoots Dante Wright, and now she's going, now she's, she's arrested and charged with manslaughter. And people are like, that shouldn't be, you should defend her. No, 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 hold on, hold on. Progressives win these races. The cities go far left. The police throw their hat in with those individuals, and you want me to defend them? It is not going to happen. Before the election, you bet. Now, look at Philadelphia. Not only did these people vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the rest of these Democrats who supported the riots, they're still supporting the progressive DAs. I will not defend these cops who are licking the feet of the corrupt politicians, licking the feet of people like Bill de Blasio. Sorry, you want to be a cop right now in one of these cities? I will, I will not support you. In fact, I will say y'all should be fired outright. But hey, too bad. People don't operate on principle. These cops in New York who will uh, enforce illegal actions by the mayor, they're not even laws. Bill de Blasio basically stole money from the taxpayer to paint Black Lives Matter. And these cops are like, I'll do whatever you say because I'm a loser. Little jellyfish cops. That's what they want. The good cops are quitting and they're quitting in large numbers and the bad cops are sticking around. And so there they are in New York saying, I don't care. I'll do whatever they say for money. And it's going to keep getting worse. That's why I'm like, all right, give it. Abolish the cops. Let it happen. The left wants to abolish the police. The worst thing you can do is resist. You know why? They're playing tug of war with you. They're going to get you to to that point where you think you've just about won. No, no, we can't abolish the police, but they're going to weaken the institution. The good cops are already quitting in mass and have been for some time. And what's left is going to be the woke police. Once there's a massive... I'll tell you, all the good cops quit. The police then begs, oh, no, we need police like Minneapolis is doing right now. And then surprise, surprise, these woke city council members who voted to abolish the police now vote for more funding. Why? They've purged the department of their political enemies. And now is an opportunity for them to bring in the corrupt and crooked cops who have no scruples and no principles and will do whatever they are told. Here we go, baby. It's going to happen and it's going to keep getting worse.
At least the cops in France are willing to stand up for themselves. Well, there's something else that's happening, too. The political division is leading to interesting things. I can't pull up the article, but that St. Louis, uh, the St. Louis couple, the McCloskeys, one of them, is going to be running for the Senate. Good. We have laws. In Missouri, you're supposed to have castle doctrine. Yet when these Black Lives Matter extremists went to the home of these individuals and broke on a private property, who got arrested? It was the McCloskeys. Why? They were on their own property because they were brandishing. So what? It's their property. They have a right to defend themselves. Don't break onto people's property. People said, no, 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 but they didn't even go on the, they were on the sidewalk. The sidewalk was in private property. And the, the, the report about the community that was, they entered, they said that it was private property. I think a local government official. So it was akin to them being in their living room, but they still got charged because that's where we're headed. The police showed up, the spineless jellyfish, crooked cops, and seized the weapons of the McCloskeys and arrested them. And you know what was the funniest thing? The spineless losers, the McCloskeys, actually defended the cops. You are pathetic. Let me throw it over to Atlas Jim. I remember we, we had the, the, the dude from Atlas Jim. He's a cool guy. But I'm sorry. I got no problem saying it. It was pathetic. When y'all defended the police who were arresting, arrested that guy and shutting everything down. It is pathetic to defend those who enforce unconstitutional edict. And that's why you lose. Because the woke have no problem breaking the rules and lying to everybody to gain power. And the conservatives just say, thank you, officer, for doing your job. No, no, they're just doing their job. I'm, I'm grateful to you, officer, violating my rights. So while the conservatives consider to lick the boots and sniff the butts of the crooked cops who are working for the crooked politicians, the left doesn't even care they're winning. They still scream. So at a certain point, we just go, what, full far left? Yeah, that's probably where we're headed. But so be it, I guess. If people will not stand up for themselves, that's what's going to happen. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all next time. Do not fall for their tricks, my friend. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are down, but there is a dirty game afoot. So I first must say, do not take any financial advice from me. I'm going to be explaining some basic things about cryptocurrencies right now that you should probably know. But uh, you need to make your own decisions and do what's right for you. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. Bitcoin slides below $40,000 after China's new crypto ban. You may have heard the news. Recently, Elon Musk said that Tesla was no longer going to be doing transactions in Bitcoin because he was concerned about the energy consumption of Bitcoin. My opinion is that he's lying and he's scamming people. Elon's cool for a lot of, in, in a lot of ways. This was a dirty, dirty move. Some people, even tracking prices, noticed, or so they say, huge sell-offs just before Elon did this. Some people are wondering if there was, you know, individuals who were privy to this. But Elon Musk said he's not going to be selling any of their Bitcoin. Now, a lot of people don't understand Bitcoin. A lot of people buy in thinking it's a get-rich-quick scheme, and then they panic when it goes down, and they lose. And that is the game. Don't fall for the tricks, my friends. This happens all the time. 
I'm, I'm, I want to show you some of these prices. I want to show you the news, but this is very, very important for you. Hyperinflation is a very real possibility. And what hyper means, okay, fine. Inflation is a real possibility. We're looking right now at the official number being what, 4.2%. Max Kaiser said he thinks it's about 10 to 15%. And this guy's been pretty spot on with a lot of things for, for quite some time. Max Kaiser and Stacey Herbert, they talk finance, they talk Bitcoin. They have a podcast called the Orange Pill Podcast. I had them on the show recently. I've known them for about a decade. And if I took their advice back in 2011, I would be a billionaire right now. I'm not exaggerating. When Bitcoin was trading around like a buck and Max was saying, buy this, if I said, you know what, okay, and went all in, I would be a billionaire right now. A lot of people don't seem to understand the, the, the exponential explosion in value of Bitcoin and why it is. A lot of people are saying it's, it's, it's nothing, it's meaningless, it's a Ponzi scheme. No, 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 no. The U.S. dollar, Joe Biden and, and all of these cronies, even Republicans, are printing money like crazy, which means your savings are crashing in value. If you have $100 in the bank, you work for, you know, what do you, what, let, let's say you work for five, six hours to earn that hundred bucks because taxes, right? So you're, you're making a good amount of money, not something crazy. Now you can buy what with that hundred bucks? You can get a, get a, get a hotel room for a night as, as, you, as you, with your stay in New York City. Then the inflation hits. Now the price of that hotel room is two hundred bucks. Your labor becomes worth less. So people, rich people, hedge their finances. They buy things that don't go down in value to protect themselves from inflation. There's a bunch of clever things you can do. You know, a lot of a lot of people will just diversify with stocks. A lot of people, there's something where you can like put your money into like an insurance company where they'll give you a guaranteed like a slightly above inflation return. Or there's hard assets, things like Bitcoin. Rich people put their money in Bitcoin and then forget about it. So a lot of people were saying to me when I was telling people, you know, I, I, I shouldn't, I'm not telling people what to do, okay? But when I was tweeting, like, it's a trick, Bitcoin's price dropping is going to rip off poor people, I see the same comments over and over again where they're just laughing, saying, ah, oh, Tim's just mad because he bought in at 60K. My friends, I bought in at like 1300. I, 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 I wish I took it seriously 10 years ago when Max Kaiser said to buy it at a dollar. And I didn't. I sold at like, I think I sold it at five bucks or 20 bucks. I sold. I've also lost tons of money on exchanges that went belly up. I've been tracking crypto for a long time and still haven't taken it very seriously. But I did buy some back when it was like 1300 bucks. I'm very happy that I did. Several months ago, Bill Ottman, the co-founder of Minds.com, came on the Timcast IRL podcast and, and said that he told me to buy Ethereum. And so I did. It was at $1,000. Right now, after the price crash, it's still at $2,600. i am still very, very happy. What happens is, they run up these big stories. Poor people who want to play the game, they want to understand how it is the rich get rich and stay rich and don't work. And so they say, Bitcoin, that's the new thing the media keeps going nuts about, right? So then what happens is poor people will take what little savings they have and they'll buy Bitcoin with it. But this represents a large portion of their money. They're saying, I want to buy, I'll put a couple grand into, you know, Bitcoin and hope I get a good return because stocks don't have nearly as good a return as Bitcoin. It's very volatile. Well, someone will buy, you know, $2,000 worth of Bitcoin because you don't need 40 grand to buy a Bitcoin. You can buy any amount of, of, of Bitcoin with, with, you know, US dollars. 
any amount, like because it goes down to fractions. So someone will put in like a thousand bucks and then the news hits. Oh, no, Bitcoin's crashing. And I see all of the tweets where they're laughing. They're saying it's over. Bitcoin's going to zero. Haha, you've all lost your money. And then these poor people, both, I mean, figuratively and literally like these poor, poor people and they're poor, get scared. I can't afford to lose my thousand bucks. I, I need that savings. So they sell. Now they have 700. They lost 300 bucks because they had lettuce hands. Lettuce, floppy, couldn't hold on to their coins. Meanwhile, Elon Musk said he will not be selling his coins. Think about that. Think, think, viewers, think. What's that meme from Invincible? Why would Elon Musk be like, we're not going to sell? I thought he had a problem with Bitcoin. I thought that it was bad for the environment. Oh, but he wants to keep them all. Right. Rich people, the people on, you, on, on Twitter right now who are saying it's over, it's over, the price is dropping. They want you to sell. Again, I'm not telling you what to do. They want you to sell so the price drops. You know why? So that they can buy up your coins from you at a discount. I firmly believe Bitcoin will hit a million dollars and I could be very, very wrong. But I think after a decade of seeing all of this institutional wealth buy in and invest into Bitcoin, at a certain point, I'm like, the threshold for me has been crossed. The Winklevoss twins have invested absurd amounts of money in this. I don't think those guys plan on flushing their money down the toilet. And I don't think these powerful financial interests would even let that happen. So let me show you how dirty the game is. And I'll tell you why I'm mad. First of all, there's probably a lot of people who don't care to watch a, a video about Bitcoin or whatever when, when inflation is a very, very serious and real problem. I get it. And it, and it makes me upset because... Bitcoin cryptocurrencies are powerful new technology to help protect people from the inflation game. And it's a, it's a powerful way to protect yourself from the manipulation of markets. China announces new crypto ban. Oh, oh no. Oh, is that is that why the price is dropping? Wait a minute. What's this from April 9th, 2019? China wants to ban Bitcoin mining. Those of us who have been following this for a long time know these stories come out all the time. Why? Think about it for two seconds. Everybody buys in on the Bitcoin craze. Americans buy in on the Bitcoin craze. Now, China, who has a large, it's decentralized, large mining operations, makes some stupid announcement like, oh, you know what? We're going to have to ban it from financial institutions. And then Americans panic and sell like crazy. And then China can buy it all up for pennies on the dollar from you, from the Americans. They're stripping away our assets and resources and buying power. And then the same thing keeps happening. Oh, here we go. It's two years later and China's now announcing some other BS ban. You can't ban Bitcoin. It's, you can't do it. It's decentralized. You can make laws. You can try and do a lot of things with it. But it's technology. It would be like saying they're going to ban the internet. Yeah, we've seen people try. Doesn't really work out. They can put a hindrance. They can put roadblocks. It doesn't really work out. Bitcoin is incredible technology. It is a digital asset that cannot be copied. It allows people to transact around the world very, very quickly. Now, a lot of people would argue that Bitcoin Cash or BSV are better for a lot of reasons. I don't care to make any arguments because cryptocurrency is cryptocurrency. 
They are amazing technology and many do different things. And it's up to you to decide what you think is the best. I personally have four. I've got I've got others in like weird ways that I don't care to to, to like, you know, like the, the uh, I don't want to mention certain companies, but they just like tell me I have an account with coins in it. I'm like, shut up, because what they want to do is they want a high profile YouTube channel to, to talk about the coin. I'm not playing that dirty game. I'll tell you what I've invested in. Bitcoin, first in best dressed. Bitcoin is the OG. It is a digital asset. It is being adopted by tons of financial institutions like this story from only a half an hour ago from Business Insider. Wells Fargo Investment Institute is in the final stages of onboarding an active crypto strategy for its wealthy clients. Its president told us why the firm changed its mind on crypto and shared the key merits and risks of the investable asset. Rich people are gearing up to get on board and buy crypto, which means they got to find a supply. They need liquidity. Good thing for them that China announces some ban and then all the poor people who don't know how the game is played panic sell, losing money. It pisses me off because they're scamming the working class people who are just trying to get by to figure out how they can play that game too. And they get ripped off. So I've got Bitcoin first in best dressed being adopted. I've got Ethereum, which is kind of an evolution of cryptocurrency. It allows for software to be, debel- to be developed on top of it. You'll, there, there's things called tokens, which are very similar. They operate on the Ethereum blockchain. I have Dogecoin because it's silly and it's funny and probably for me was a bad move, but whatever. I'm happy to have it. And Elon Musk is pumping it. So fine, whatever. And then I have Cardano. And I have Cardano because it was made by the co-founder of Ethereum. And it's very, very similar. The strategy is very similar. However, Cardano is not at the same stage as Ethereum. So to me, it looks like a good investment. I'm not telling anybody to buy those things because I could be very, very wrong. And well, Bitcoin just dropped by a whole lot. So people certainly lost money. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be selling. I am not going to sell my and uh, any of this right now. In fact, in all likelihood, I will buy more. Look at the story from Business Insider. What do you think happens when Wells Fargo finalizes their strategy for their wealthy clients? The prices will skyrocket again. I'd like to take you back in time. First, let me show you Gemini.com. Bitcoin as of right now down 20% at $32,000. <laughs> it's just fallen. It's fallen. And I got to be honest, I don't care. Now, a lot of people will say, Tim, you're wealthy. You know, you could invest in this and then just shrug it off. It's not about whether I I have the money or not. It's about first, don't people should not. Well, I'm not going to give any advice. It is silly to invest all of your assets, assets you need to like pay your rent. Crazy stories. I'll, I'll show you some of these crazy stories. But for me, Yeah, no one should be investing money they need to live. All right. But this is the trick. It's going it's going to go back up, in my opinion. And I'm not I'm not sweating any of this. Ethereum is now at two. Now, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. How how, how awesome would it be to have been one of those individuals who sold at peak for U.S. dollars and now buying back in, doubling your, your your coins or whatever? Sure, sure. I don't play that game because you you can't read the market. You're not a psychic. Some people got machines that can do it. Look at this, Ethereum. Ethereum was at like 4,500 bucks. It's at 2,000 now. It's down 40%. I'm still up from when I bought in, and I don't care either way. I'm not going to be selling. Now, I mentioned Cardano. Cardano is actually only down 2%. And surprisingly, it's still way up from where it was even a couple weeks ago. And I'm 
still doing really well with Cardano. So Dogecoin is now at 28. So interestingly, look, when you go to Gemini.com, these are the four at the top. These are the ones I have. (laughs) That's probably why I have them. I'm not giving you any special secrets or anything. It's just like they put it in front of me and I was like, sure. And I clicked it. But uh, no, those are my reasons. The price is down. Do not panic, my friends. I'd like to take you back in time and show you something powerful. First, this is from December 17th, 2018. A year ago today, Bitcoin's price hit a record 20,000. Oh, a record. Right up top at Coindesk, you can see Bitcoin is down 27% and it's still at 31,000. It'll probably fall a bit more because it happens. And then in a year or two, it'll hit 100K or 200 or more. I am not worried. In fact, to me, I see this as a great opportunity because the wall has been broken. A lot of people are wondering, can Bitcoin go higher? Can it get higher? We know it can go above 60,000, around 64. So at this point, I just see a discount. I think Bitcoin will hit a million dollars and I think it'll hit a million dollars sooner than people realize. So I just want to treat Bitcoin like it's a million bucks, like one coin is a million bucks. That's what I'm going to do. Take a look at this. Bitcoin tops $19,000, then plunges in wild two-day ride from December 7th, 2017. We all knew, the people tracking Bitcoin, that it was going to fall. They're saying, oh no, it fell 20%. There's several reasons for this. One is taxes. People are, they want to pay their taxes, so they sell. This can create a chain reaction where people panic because the price is going down and they all start selling, trying to figure out if they're getting out before the bottom so they could buy back in at the bottom. And then you end up losing money. Soon as, as soon as you sell, that's when it stops, right? Okay, check this out. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. A 39-year-old who sold everything he owned in exchange for Bitcoin now lives on a campsite waiting for the ultimate crypto boom, October 10th, 2017. Think about that. This guy bought in before October. Then we have the story that said it hit 19,000 in December. So this guy was probably laughing as the price was skyrocketing. But hold on. The price tanked after that. If this dude had diamond hands and refused to give up those coins... He is as happy as you can get today. 2017. So what did he buy in at? Like 10K or something? If that, maybe eight. And then it hit 20. Then it hit 64. He was probably laughing. So I just pulled up the guy's Twitter account. And lo and behold, he is still the Bitcoin family with go all in, zoom out. This is DD Taihatu. If you can follow him, you check out what he's doing. This guy sold everything. He's, he's as happy as they come. I mean, He's joking about it. He's saying, you know, buy all this stuff. Take a look at this. People are taking out mortgages to buy Bitcoin, says securities regulator. 
Now, in my opinion, that was a very, very dumb move for a lot of people. But was worse. what was worse, don't leverage your house to buy stuff. Well, I'm sorry, sorry, not, not advice to anybody. The reason we do that is because people could claim you advised them and then try and sue you. So I'm not telling you what to do. You talk to your advisor. But to me, it seems dumb to leverage your house for anything. However, the people who did and had diamond hands, they're happy. They're very happy. Take a look at this. This is a story from Cointelegraph. Man borrows $325,000 to buy Bitcoin. Investment or gambling on life savings from May 11th, 2017. They say an online community user going by the going by the online alias Gingerbread Futters, who had an undisclosed terminal disease, recently purchased $325,000 worth of Bitcoin as the digital currency achieved a new all time high at 1700. A new all time high. Think about this for two seconds. This guy said, I am going to buy at the highest high point of Bitcoin. And he took out an equity loan on his home, 325K. He bought 191 Bitcoins. Within a few months, Bitcoin was 10x. He probably sold. He probably sold and walked away with $3 million. Then he paid capital gains taxes of what is that, like 15%. Paid off his equity, his loan, and cashed out a cool 2 mil around. Somewhere, somewhere in there, probably. Because, you know, taxes and all that. Let's say this guy decided, you know, I'm going to hold on to it even after the crash from 19,000 back to, you know, like seven or whatever. And then Bitcoin, Bitcoin hit $64,000. This guy had like 15 or 16 million. If you're going to buy Bitcoin, don't get scared, you know, but you got to you got to figure out what's right for you. If, I think it, never, you never want to leverage important things. But, you know, we were talking to Max on, on the IRL podcast, and he said that he leverages his gold to buy more Bitcoin. Wow. And it's going to keep going up. You see, people were waiting for this crash to happen. They were waiting for it because we know the cycles of Bitcoin, especially around tax season. People are holding on to coin, their Bitcoins or cryptocurrency. And then when tax season comes, they need to be able to pay taxes. Throughout the year, as Bitcoin's skyrocketing, people are living lavishly. They're like, this is fantastic. I can do, I can buy all this stuff. And then they got to pay tax on the stuff they bought. So they sell coins to pay the taxes. Then Elon Musk steps in and says a bunch of bunk garbage about the environment, which is just not true because at most it's questionable. At best, there's a report saying 73% of energy for crypto is renewable because look, people want consistent and reliable sources of energy. They don't want to be reliant on energy shortages if the gas lines get shut down or whatever. So Elon comes out and says, we're not going to do Bitcoin anymore, but uh, we're going to keep it. We're not going to sell it. Yeah. They make this announcement because this is the game rich people play. They use their power in the press to tell you it's the end. The end is nigh. You've lost everything. We can't do it. We need different crypto. And then poor people who don't understand the game sell at a loss. This is theft. It's theft, but it's through manipulation. So I guess they're allowed to do it. It's theft. You trick someone and you scare them into giving up what they own. It's coercion. You know, it's, 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 it's like, do you know what blockbusting used to be? Not to equate everything to like racism, but they used to move black families into white neighborhoods. It's a ridiculously, psychotically racist thing, and it's disgusting. 
They would then go to the scared suburbanite white people and say, oh, no, look, the minorities are moving in. Your property value is going to go in the gutter. And then the people would sell at a loss. This practice is illegal now. It's a scam to steal money from people. And it was extremely racist. I see what they're doing now, tricking these people into giving up their crypto in fear. And I'll tell you what's going to happen, in my opinion. In a couple of years, Bitcoin hits, you know, 200, 300. I mean, we're looking at like maybe like a 3x jump from, from 19,000, hit 64, so a little bit, 3.5x maybe. So what, Bitcoin's going to hit 200K in a year or two? And all of these people who sold will be wishing they didn't. When Bitcoin's at a million, people will say, I wish I bought in at, you know, 58,000. Oh, man. Bitcoin is a deflationary asset. That means that over, there's only a certain amount of coins that can ever exist. Over time, some are lost. They're burned because, you know, people lose them. But demand is consistent. I want to stress this to you guys. Wells Fargo is preparing a crypto strategy for wealthy clients 34 minutes ago. Right now, what's happening is people are, are panicking into selling. And all of these are going into the pockets of the billionaires and the 0.1% and all the ultra rich. Don't fall for the tricks, but you got to do what's right for you. So don't take advice from me. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy the dip. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to literally buy more right now. I don't know which ones I'll buy, but um, definitely going to buy more. I might lose it all. So I, I say this all the time. You never know. You never know. But when I see Wells Fargo, JP Morgan, the Winklevoss twins, I don't think the ultra elites are going to lose money in the long term. I think their goal is to make money. Yeah, I'm going to buy more. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. A horrifying viral video shows cars pulling up full of pro-Palestinian individuals. Apparently, according to someone in the video, they ask who the Jews are. And when some people say they're Jewish, the pro-Palestinian individuals just start beating them. I don't know the full story. We, we just have this video of the fight breaking out. CBS says police investigate possible Jewish hate crime attack at Beverly Grove restaurant. But apparently this is happening a lot. Now, there were clashes in the past couple of weeks between pro-Palestinian and pro-Israel groups in New York and other places. But there have been a lot of reports that Jewish people have just been attacked and, and they've been beaten simply because they're Jewish, having nothing to do with Israel. I saw a tweet from Ben Shapiro. He was quoting Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman said, you know, we have to have a bunch of support for the Jewish diaspora because they are not Israel. And Ben said, keep telling these people that, you, you know, you're not Israel and see if that does anything about their anti-Semitism. And Ben is correct. These, these people don't view, uh, they're not looking at a regular Jewish person in America and differentiating between that and Israel. They just don't like Jewish people. So we're going to be waiting, obviously, into the Israel-Palestine stuff. And I'm just going to start off the bat. I want to read this story because this, this look, it's crossing over into an area in which I do cover, like street violence, political clashes. But the Palestine-Israel thing is just, it's extremely frustrating to talk about and cover because you've got reports from mainstream organizations just absolutely contradicting other mainstream reports. It is the conflict of conflicts. But I will say outright, I am sick and tired of reading lies from the pro-Palestine side. 
Clearly, there are individuals like Michael Tracy and Glenn Greenwald that I respect. I am not absolutely saying Israel is always right or telling the truth. I just read the news and I keep seeing lies from these leftist activists and I'm sick of it. Look at this. People getting attacked. We also have this story out of Germany. Germany vows zero tolerance for attacks on synagogues. Authorities have warned of further anti-Semitic incidents after another day of demonstrations in major German cities. Synagogues have been attacked in reaction to escalating in violence in Israel. So again, Ben Shapiro is correct. You go ahead and tell people that you don't agree with Israel or whatever. They will attack you anyway. It needs to stop. This is gross stuff. CBS says, Authorities are investigating whether an attack on diners that occurred outside a Beverly Grove restaurant late Tuesday night was a Jewish hate crime. You mean anti-Jewish hate crime? The brawl occurred a little before 10 p.m. outside Sushi Fumi in the 300 block of North La Cienega Boulevard. Witnesses said a mob of pro-Palestinians attacked a group of Jewish men who were dining at the restaurant. Cell phone video showed a group of men get out of their car and start to attack them while yelling racial slurs. One of the diners who was not Jewish told CBS LA a caravan waving pro-Palestinian flags approached and then began throwing bottles at him and the group he was dining with. The man said he is a photographer and the group was meeting at the restaurant to plan a wedding. The man said he was physically attacked when he tried to defend the group. He said the men used anti-Jewish profanity. He said that he was pepper sprayed during the attack and had to go to the hospital. Los Angeles police told CBS LA that there were no major injuries reported and there were no immediate arrests. The suspects were only described as white men wearing all black, as was seen in the video. They fled south on La Cienega Boulevard in a vehicle described as possibly a black Jeep, police said. The restaurant did not sustain any damage. Officers responded and took a report. Meanwhile, police are also investigating a security video recorded Monday night, which appears to show an Orthodox Jewish man being chased by a caravan of people waving Palestinian flags near Rosewood and La Brea Avenues. The man escaped and was not hurt. I am sick of reading about these people. The left comes and they claim they care. No, they don't. You look at what happened in New York. First and foremost, the NYPD was targeting Jewish schools and playgrounds. There was one sickening viral video where a Jewish man had a restaurant which was closed and he opened the door to get some fresh air and the police come in and harass them. I think it's funny that you have the identitarian left and the fringe, you know, anti-Semitic right, white supremacist, whatever that faction is. And they all make the same stupid claims about Jewish people. And I'm, I'm like watching a dude and he's being harassed by the police for getting fresh air. And they want to claim some conspiracy about Jew- Jewish people controlling anything. Yes, there are a lot of wealthy people who happen to be Jewish, but spare me your complete BS. I was talking to a friend of mine who was Jewish, who was woke and talking about, oh, the plight of the poor Muslims. And I said, do you, do you know how many uh, Christians there are on the planet? I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it's like close to two billion. Do you know how many Muslims there are on the planet? Again, it's like, what is it like 1.4 billion or some huge number? Do you know how many Jewish people are on this planet? including Jewish diaspora. What is the number? Like 7 million, 10 million, million, million. It is, it is dramatically smaller. So I hear these fringe conspiracy theories, which are some of the stupidest things I've ever heard. There's that one quote. I love it. It's the dumbest thing ever. If you people often, they think it's Voltaire, but it's not. It's some, you know, some 
fringe right, far right guy or whatever you want to call it. That if you want to learn who control who, who who has control over you, just look to who you can't criticize. And I'm like, shut up, dude. You have mainstream politicians insulting Israel and saying anti-Semitic things all the time and nothing happens to them. So so maybe that quote has some merit in the sense that it certainly isn't Jewish people who are a, a guy being chased on the street. How many videos did we have to watch of Orthodox Jewish men being beaten in New York City for fun? A guy walking down the street minding his own business and, and a bunch of people running up and start beating him. And, and it wasn't Palestinians who were doing it. It was young black men. I don't care about the race of these individuals in terms of who's perpetrating the crime. I care that the crimes get stopped. But I am sick of the lies from the left. I saw a video and it was Hamas firing rockets into Israel. And people were tweeting, Hamas is defending itself. I'm like, bro, they're the ones who started firing the rockets in the first place. And then everyone's like, yeah, but you got to go back and look at the history in the West Bank. And I'm like, dude, you want to talk about the nuances of an ongoing war, which has been for what, what, what are we now at? It's like 50, 60 years. Yeah, I guess. And everyone's going to keep blaming the other side. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. When a group of people goes into civilian buildings, starts firing rockets into the air, saying, we're defending ourselves. No, you're not. You're bombing civilians. You're attacking schools. You are not defending yourself. If they were defending themselves in the West Bank, they would be in the West Bank defending these homes. They're not. They're using civilian locations to fire rockets. Now, of course, I'm not here to praise what what Israel is doing in the West Bank or to talk about the U.S. funding what Israel is doing. I got an honest question. What is the U.S. doing in the Middle East and why are we involved? I suppose the challenge is Israel would be absolutely crushed or wiped out if they lay down their arms. That's true. I mean, look at this. It's one of the sayings I see a lot of conservatives bringing up. What would happen if Israel just laid down all of their arms, Iron Dome, turn it off? They'd get wiped out in two seconds. And what would happen if Hamas stopped firing rockets? Israel would not be blowing up these civilian uh, locations. I don't like that Israel's doing it. I don't like that they do these knock bombs and they target schools and they say about Hamas is operating out of there. I don't know what the solution is, but maybe Israel is a little heavy handed, perhaps. I do, however, think it's absurd when I approach the whole thing as a layman and I hear people say that Israel is bad simply because they're capable. And I'm like, dude, if you fire a bunch of rockets at another guy and the guy's got more firepower, it's war. Don't be firing rockets at somebody who's got more weapons than you. And they just say, oh, they're defending themselves. Dude, look at this story. Nah, I'm sorry. Nah, you'll, you'll, you, I, no, I don't care. An Orthodox Jewish man was being chased down the street. I don't care what the excuse is for this. It's insane. They go on to mention that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict continues to escalate. It's been going on for decades, man. Earlier Tuesday, a large crowd of pro-Palestinian demonstrators gathered outside the Israeli, Israeli consulate in West L.A. It was organized by the Palestinian Youth Movement. Over the weekend, thousands of pro-Palestinian demonstrators rallied in Westwood, calling for an end to violence. I'm, I'm down for that. I agree. End the, end the violence. Take a look at this. DW reports, German Foreign Minister Heiko Maas pledged unwavering security for synagogues in Germany in an interview with Funk Media Group on Thursday. Police have stepped up protection at Jewish temples and intervened in a number of anti-Israel rallies taking place across the country as violence escalates in the Middle East. 
Moss called on citizens to reject the idea of blaming people of the Jewish faith in Germany for events in the Middle East, whether on the streets or on social media. The foreign minister who placed blame for the violence currently gripping Israel and Hamas said there would be zero tolerance for attacks on synagogues in our country. I already know what's going to happen. The left is going to bring up a bunch of stories where, you know, Jewish people have done something or they'll claim Israel's doing that. But how do you justify everything we've seen so far over the past year or so? An Orthodox Jewish man walking down the street and being attacked. Diners in L.A. and a car pulls up and they start throwing things at him. All right, I'm sure the left will say something like, well, these Jewish men were heckling or swearing. It's like, I don't care what the reason was. You want to have words? Have words. You want to get out of your car with a group of people and start beating some guys planning a wedding? I think you're the baddies. I'm sorry. I think that's true. It's funny because people point out this meme. They say all these far leftists, any one of them should go to Palestine and 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 protest the way they, they protest here. So I'll tell you this. I, I've... I've offered people up this opportunity. I remember years and years ago, somebody was posting on Facebook a ton of stuff about Israel and Palestine. I've been to Tel Aviv. I've never been to Gaza. And I was impressed because having been to Egypt and Morocco, going and Singapore, but Singapore is not a Muslim nation, but, you know, in the area, they have, I think Malaysia, but seeing these extremely restrictive countries. So we'll, we'll, we'll push out Singapore for a second. Being to Morocco and Egypt. And then going to Israel and seeing how kind of liberal it was, I was impressed. This is one of the one of the few liberal democracies in the Middle East. And I don't mean liberal in the, in the colloquial sense. I mean, like classically liberal in a certain sense. Now, of course, they're fighting for survival, which means there's going to be war and there's going to be certain restrictions. There's going to be conscription. I'm not a fan of a lot of it, but I don't know. What do you do if they stop? They certainly get crushed. I hear these leftists talking about it. And so I said, I'll tell you what, man, I, I will right now, no joke, no lie, pay 100% of the costs for you to go with me to Gaza and we will film. And I'll just film you do your thing. I'm not going to tell you who to meet, tell you what to say. We'll just film your thing. And lo and behold, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. What do you think would happen if these LGBTQ activists took their flags and went to Gaza or the West Bank and started, you know, waving these things around. I tell you what would happen because we saw it happen in Birmingham in the UK. When a school was doing an LGBTQ curriculum, a bunch of Muslims showed up and protested the school. And when these woke leftists showed up, they got yelled at by the Muslims and they were called degenerates and a whole bunch of really awful things. It's the weirdest thing to me. When you have people claiming that it's the Muslim population that's oppressed, when there's like dozens of Muslim nations in the country and there's um, dozens of Muslim countries, I'm sorry, Muslim countries in the world. And there is only like one Jewish state which is in conflict. It's the craziest thing to me. It's the craziest. You want to talk about who's oppressed? I mean, obviously, it's the Jewish people. Now, I'm not going to pretend like that means much outside of you know this context. People in the United States are anything but oppressed. And they have tremendous opportunity, and there are tons of extremely wealthy Jewish people. But there's tons of extremely wealthy Catholic people and Muslim people, and I don't think that really means much. Now we're seeing synagogues get attacked. German president said hatred of Jews will not be tolerated no matter from whom. German president Frank Walter Steinmeier underscored that commitment on Thursday. Nothing can justify threats against Jews in Germany or attacks on synagogues in German cities. 
Whoever burns Star of David flags or shouts anti-Semitic slogans on our streets is not only abusing the right to demonstrate, but committing a crime. Now, I'll tell you this. In America, I think you have a right to do it. If, if some pro-Palestinian group wants to burn Israeli flags or, or Jewish flags, as long as they own it and they're doing it in a safe way, so be it. In Germany, not so much. I'm more concerned about the physical attacks on people, and I'm more concerned, concerned about the emboldening of the far left and their lies. From Fox News, Rashida Tlaib listed as special guest for event hosted by controversial, allegedly anti-Semitic activist. Mar Abdel Kader, Abdel, I'm hopefully pronouncing it right, Palestinian-American activist, has shared anti-Semitic content to social media in the past. They say the revelation comes shortly after Tlaib made headlines Tuesday by confronting the president on a Detroit tarmac as she's repeatedly criticized his administration's handling of the ongoing crisis between Israel and Hamas militants in the Gaza Strip. Tlaib, a member of the so-called squad, was advertised to deliver a special message of solidarity. Maher Abdel Kader, a Palestinian-American activist who has in the past shared anti-Semitic content to social media, posted in March to his Instagram about the progressive event, which took place over Zoom. He had been a donor and fundraiser for Tlaib's successful 2018 campaign, but reports about his social media activities drew scrutiny and criticism. Let's talk about the disparity. Ilhan Omar made several anti-Semitic comments. The way I described it was crop dusting anti-Semitism. What do I mean by that? You ever see those planes, the crop dusters, they get real close to the ground, but they don't actually land and they, they dust the crops with pesticides or whatever. She said things that made people like kind of side eye. She said it's all about the Benjamins baby in reference to, you know, politician support for Israel and things like that. And I'm like, you know, she didn't come out and directly say something overt, but it's interesting. She repeatedly makes these comments. She repeatedly, what, what did she sided with Erdogan or whatever? We know what she, what she cares about. So when she makes these comments, people are like, dude, I think you just don't like Jewish people in general. We saw the Women's March. Remember when the organizers of the Women's March were saying insane things about the slave trade and these other uh, uh, conspiracies? I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm sickened by the mainstreaming of this fringe conspiratorial nonsense. They seek to rewrite history. And then I, I see these 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 uh, uh, stories on the left and the right. And I tell you this, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of people on the left who are going to criticize me saying, I don't understand what I'm talking about. Absolutely fine. Fine, fine, fine. Now you can justify to me how, how why people in, in these caravans are beating random Jewish people in the street. You want to talk about Israel-Palestine? Fine. I don't know, but stop lying to me. I saw that video with the rockets flying out of Hamas. They're defending themselves. Screw off. Simply because Israel has the ability to, to strike back does not make them immediately the bad guys in a war. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Iron Dome is the only is the only thing keeping Israel safe. Uh, I, I think there's a report today. Even Lebanon is now firing rockets into Israel. There were five rockets fired. I believe they only intercepted one. There's this iconic photo now. It's a long exposure showing rockets coming out of Gaza and the Iron Dome rockets going up. The Iron Dome, if you're not familiar, is the system by which Israel intercepts the rockets and blows them up. It's not really a dome. It's just a targeting system. And you can see when all the rockets are coming from one side and the others are going up to stop it. You want to talk about who's defending themselves? We can criticize a lot. I don't know how you solve a lot of these problems, but I can assure you if the U.N. criticizes the West Bank settlements, 
then I think we need to have that conversation and there needs to be something done about this. Perhaps then it's fair to criticize Joe Biden and the U.S. government consistently supporting Israel in this, especially when you're supposed to be an American first, you know, national populist, wondering why we're spending money on something like this. But the other issue, I suppose, is that, well, Israel will be wiped out and these people are not defending themselves when they're firing rockets at civilians. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply the argument that israel shouldn't be bombing schools did you hear the story the associated press was operating out of the same building as hamas and they're trying to deny it and israel targeted it and uh, um you know the ap was keeping hush hush Apparently, there was a report back in 2015 where the AP knew they were operating in a building with Hamas and they just didn't report it. Stories that like Hamas came in and made demands of them to report certain things and not report certain things. And they never said any of it. Why? That's crooked. And if we can't if we don't have good journalism to know what's going on, I'm going to tell you all to shut up. I'm done with it. When the AP won't tell us that they're operating in the same space as Hamas and Hamas tells them not to report things and they don't and it only gets revealed later, why should I trust the news stories coming out of from the from the Palestinian side? I just I just can't. I understand Israel's got their interests, too, but they didn't fire these missiles first. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what we're ever going to get out of that conflict. I, there's conservatives that are very defensive of Israel, which is, again, it's strange to me. I can agree with Michael Tracy on that one who pointed out all these America first conservatives, they drop that as soon as, become, as soon as it's Israel and they justify spending all this money. I suppose the response is that just because you're America first doesn't mean you don't believe in you know, supporting Israel, or whatever. You can believe in supporting America first and still believe in defending our allies when they're under siege. I'll tell you what I think. I think the military industrial complex, I think Joe Biden, I think the Democrats want the conflict. It allows them to justify expanding military op- operations in the Middle East because they want to, because they want to secure oil. They want to prop up the petro uh, petrodollar and they want to build pipelines and continue expanding fossil fuels and all that stuff. So they need to have a reason. Otherwise, the Americans won't support it. And then the reasons obviously bunk. I think most Americans don't support it anyway. And so they've been struggling to maintain that presence. Now you've got conservatives defending the military expenditure into Israel because of the conflict. You see how this works? Joe Biden provides funding for Palestinians. Hamas fires rockets into Israel. Conservatives jump to the aid of Israel saying, you know, we have to support them and protect them. And it allows Joe Biden to continue doing what he's doing with expanding in the Middle East. And how do you how do you how do you stop it? Man, 
If I had the answers, I'd give them to you. But I don't know. I'll tell you this. Okay, let's drop all the Israel-Palestine stuff. I don't, I don't know. You don't know. Whatever. Fine. How about this? The Palestinian groups need to stop attacking Jewish people in the streets, and we need something done about that. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.